Hello, this is Peter Davison. You're listening to Gallifrey Public Radio. Gallifrey Public Radio, a weekly podcast dedicated to positive enjoyment of Doctor Who. We travel through classic and new episodes, explore the extended universe, and play a few games from time to time. We do discuss news, content that has been officially released, and the occasional interesting rumor, but we'll warn you before anything considered spoilers comes up. Welcome to episode 474 of Gallifrey Public Radio, where it's all fun and games until someone stirs up a malevolent psychic war machine. I'm Julie. I'm Kier. I'm Haley. And I'm Jay. And This week, uh, a village of really dedicated cosplayers flipped the switch on a killbot that's been dormant in their church for hundreds of years in The Awakening. The tiny settlement of Little Hadcombe has closed its roads off for some historical reenactment, and some of the locals take it a little more seriously than others. It seems that elements of the past, as in the 17th century, uh, are bleeding through to the present, um, making their war games far more serious than some would want. Uh, What's worse, their actions are causing something in the walls of the church to strengthen and break loose. Because nothing is a coincidence, the TARDIS arrives as this also happens to be the location of Tegan's grandfather, but he's missing. Not coincidentally, either. And wouldn't you know it, we've got a Devil machine starting to charge up to full power, a local authority figure subjugated to it, and our favorite trope of a villain that feeds on fear. He's offered me enormous power. To destroy. It's the only thing it knows how to do. Now listen to the doctor. Ah! I don't believe you! Without you, the malice is helpless. Through you, it feeds on the fear and anger generated through the war games. Once it's strong enough, it will destroy you. No! George, your village is in turmoil. You're putting a gun at a man who is a friend. That's the true influence of the malice. Can't you feel the hate and rage inside your head? Think back! Did you have such feelings before you activated that thing? I don't. I don't. Only 46 minutes or so of actually scripted material. How is The Awakening as an entertaining adventure? It's definitely a thing I watched. Oh, okay. Didn't didn't seem to win Haley over. That's all right. I thought, you know, it was concise. It teed it up. It told you what the threat was. It knocked it down. The credits rolled. And we had an extra kid in the TARDIS. Oops. Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't, it wasn't super, you know, uh, there wasn't a whole lot of fluff to it. Uh, it and it wasn't. That's the thing is that with this one feels like one of those almost middle of the road stories where it, it wasn't tremendous, but it wasn't bad. No, I didn't, I didn't really have any problems with it. I mean, the, uh, some of it felt very familiar uh, yeah. uh, and I don't even know whether you would consider it familiar even just within the scope of, of who, 
but just you know just in science fiction in general like oh okay this is something i landed a long time ago the, the locals at the time didn't understand it it became a bit of a legend uh, and now it's awakening again, and and we have to deal with it in a in a modern parlance. But I one of the things that was frustrating for me is a lot of that back and forth, and ooh, how do we get there? They literally had two pathways and kept going between the same two locations, which I get for filming is a thing, but so much back and forth and a lot of fake hiding, which kind of pulls you out of it, right? When they're mm. just quote sneaking by, but. I really liked the the time period that they tried to pull together. I thought it was fun to see those two and how everyone kept arriving and sort of like what where wait, where are we when you're time travelers and you pop out of somewhere and it <laughs> the people are all dressed yeah. incorrectly and you already don't know if your readings are right. I think that was very fun to play with. It's true. I, I was expecting that to be more of a thing going forward where everyone is so in character that it takes the the doctor and team a while to realize like, no, they, they actually ended in the right place, but it, it kind of went by the wayside early enough that I expected it to be a, a missed opportunity, but it, it didn't feel like it. There was enough of, of both time periods that it actually felt like it was a good thing. I, I could swear I've seen a meme somewhere before that's like, Doctor Who should do an episode where they land at the Ren Fair. Mm-hmm. It's very nearly there. Very close. I, I spent, I, I always spend a lot of time looking at uh, not only just um your uh, like like willows and and all the ones who are super uh into it uh, or well you find that he's, he's got his, his reasons for it um but for all of the others that seem to be just sort of uh, aping along with him and you think well isn't there a point where y'all realize oh well, but I've got to go back and my wife told me I got to do the dishes tonight so I got to get back don't you ever just drop the reenactment facade when things start to go really pear-shaped? But they all bought into it as just the flunkies who weren't really aware of malice going on there. Just I, I wanted to I wanted to probe that a little further, and I know it probably didn't warrant adding an extra episode onto this or anything of that sort, but it just I wanted to see something more happening to the town at large, or maybe affecting the minds of some of the more a manipulable, manipulatable, ooh, 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 that's a word, um, feeble-minded of the, of the locals to, so that the, the whole reenactment thing took on that extra air of danger. Like when the whole town is empty, they were all actually somewhere else, you mean, or? Well, insofar as the reason why they were just following along um, with the with the orders to you know to to bring the Queen of May out and burn her at the stake, and like everyone's like, okay, oh, this is just what we do. <laughs> uh, and and then when they start to get away on the car, he's like, go after them, catch them, kill them. Okay, is this reenactment now? Are we are we still are we still going to clock out at five o'clock and go get a pint, or what's how's this going to work? And uh, although I do. I liked the option of actually using the straw Queen of May, or I feel like that would have been just a suitable replacement. You didn't need to actually burn someone. Yeah. Who would have known? <laughs> oh, that one's really not screaming as much as she did in years past. <laughs> the, the pagan deities would have known. <laughs> yeah, exactly, <laughs> right? Exactly. It, it's kind of worth noting here that that a few things that we've been waiting for, especially within the Fifth Doctor era, are finally happening and they happen kind of on the dl uh and they don't get as much attention as i feel they need to like the fact that the doctor actually gets tegan to the time and place where she wants to go on the first shot 
Mostly the time, though, because there was a rift, so... But he stuck the landing. Yeah. And please note, and this will make all of us happy, there was not a single scene of Turlo crawling through any sort of little narrow passages. Not once. I was trying to figure out what was wrong with the story, and that's, uh, yeah, that was it. <laughs> we need more air ducts. Felt so out of place. He could have tried to climb through the crack, and he did not. That's true. True. So was there anything else about this, uh, about the story that kind of caught your attention? Like, oh, okay, well, they finally did that. Or, oh, I'm glad they made reference to I, that. When when the doctor was breaking down the wall around Malice, I was like, that looks like a styrofoam wall that's about to collapse. And then, like, he started busting pieces out of it. I was like, oh, well, that tracks. Mm-hmm. Psychic projections are a great sci-fi tool because they can be used to incite fear, distract, mislead. But in the final minutes, we learn that Will wasn't just a projection with substance, but an actual human pushed three centuries forward in time by the malice. Was that a necessary inclusion? No, because they had to take the time to explain it. Yeah, in the f- like with two minutes to go. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, why didn't he just get those blinky lights around him and disappear? Yeah, he could have winked out. Yeah. Does yeah. he become important? In future stories, or was it just a, well, I guess we got to go deliver him. Time is so weird. Do you want to know? No. Okay. It's it's really a letdown. It's like, oh, he's gone by the next story. Is he really? Yeah. Yeah, Well, then, sure. Yeah. No, then that is a waste. The the fact that they just like hand wavy explained it at the very end. And he could have just like blinky lighted away means that he should have just blinky lighted away. Because otherwise it was like this extra 30 seconds of dialogue that didn't need to be there. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because then all of a sudden there's time something happening that never plays into anything else. Like nobody else gets sucked through time. It doesn't actually affect anything. So why this one person when you just have a, a robot that's feeding off of fear. With, with regard to that aspect, that was probably one of the, the only, my only quibbles with the story is just, there's a little bit of inconsistency with the way the malice's uh, influences um, affect everything. If, if it's going to be a matter of, uh, of sort of getting into the minds of the, of the local populace. Okay. That's your jam. If it's going to be psychic projections that scare people off so that you can actually feed on their fear. Okay. Yep. We've seen that a thousand times. That's great. Roll with it. If you're going to, actually distort the fabric of FaceTime, uh, space-time so that FaceTime so that uh, so that people come falling through okay cool then you've got a whole idea of being able to say oh it's like a Ren Faire gone wrong because these people mm-hmm. actually still think they're in the 17th century and that that could be fun too but even with the with the visions like you had that one old dude at the beginning that was kind of hovering up on the wall, but then it was the creature, like the goblin that was clung to the side of the interior TARDIS wall, which was disconcerting. Um, And then it leaked green worms and juice. Yes. Did not understand that one either. But yeah, so I get where you're going with that, where it's, there's too many things trying to fit together to be the big bad. Mm -hmm. And none of it was seamless. Yeah. Just find that so. find that one thing mm-hmm. and and really really uh, work that one hard because that that can give you uh, especially because you've got to wrap it up in forty what forty seven forty eight minutes mm-hmm. yeah the other thing too which uh, play on words maybe I'm now seeing this written how it's spelled the malice I for real thought it was M A L I C E like the <laughs> yeah, malice so did I. Yeah. This yes is I did too until the bad I looked guy. it up. <laughs> So they're talking about it over time, right? This is something in the history books of this town 
that they're known for since at least a hundred years ago. Mm-hmm. And it literally means bad. And you have this guy who comes in and he's worshiping it and is proud of it and has a bobble that he, we never really found out what that was. Well, that was the chunk of metal. Mm-hmm. He, he was holding that, that chunk of metal that turned oh, out to be a- Oh, he randomly dropped it? Uh, yeah, he was so attached mm-hmm. to it that he left it you there because what? it because had to be Because Renfair outfits do not- He didn't have decent pouches. You got to know the right shops. I'll, I can help you out. Well, that's why you <laughs> got the belt, right? You I can hang I, stuff I, from it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Got to get some pouches, man. All right, so uh, let's let's go with the old staple, uh, rewatchability and recommendability. How does The Awakening hold up to our classic uh, story scrutiny? I don't have any problem rewatching it. It's short enough. It's enjoyable. It's, uh, you know, uh, the accents are fun. You got uh, uh, some great costumes. Got some horses. It's, it's got hey. all the, it, yeah, it's got all the great points of a period piece without being a period piece. Yeah. Yeah. But as far as um, recommendability, huh. There's nothing wrong with it. It's another one of those Fifth Doctor stories that falls into the, eh, it's fine. Yeah. It's like the Connecticut of classic Doctor Who stories. <laughs> eh. <laughs> yeah, I don't know that it necessarily ticks any boxes of a, if you're watching all of this type, then you must include this one either. But I don't think I would say skip it for any bad reason. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, my yeah. opinion on it is uh, it doesn't have any meat to it, but it's fine for popcorn. So... You can you can watch it. There's nothing really to be like. Oh yeah, you've got to go watch this one. But like, it's it's fine. Mm-hmm. I I don't see myself ever like seeking this one out again, and unless we're doing rewatch for some reason, right? And inversely, I I don't see any reason why I would tell anyone to skip it. But I also don't see any reason why I would tell anyone to hunt it out. So, mm. oh, we were talking about things that kind of stood out about the story. There's also the fact that remember the last two that we've watched, we were talking about how things felt a little off with both the Doctor and Tegan as just as far as their dispositions. And it mm-hmm. seemed like things were either getting really tense or maybe they're both getting kind of exasperated. I'm not talking necessarily about the actors. I'm just saying the characters actually felt like they were they were going through some transitions. Tegan was starting to wonder whether this was, you know, she, she'd seen so much, she'd been through so much that she was starting to question whether she wanted to continue with this. Um, and the Doctor was starting to lose his patience a bit with a lot of things, not not just his companions, but just uh, the travel in general and the and and all the the rigors that he's been going through. That felt like it took a little break here. It's like yeah. all that kind of disappeared for a couple episodes. I think for the doctor, from maybe his perspective, it it felt like this is one of those classic figure it out kind of things. And for his energy level. It definitely picked up a bit, and I would agree with that. And I think, too, that Tegan actually landed, as we said at the beginning, where her grandfather was, was maybe an amazement factor. And then it was a find out where he went, and we're going to save the day, and she wants to help be a part of that. Mm -hmm. I think if we had stuck around for another minute, and maybe this is why they included that guy at the end, then you might start to see more of that because the doctor was like, oh, well, we solved the issue, let's go. And Tegan's like, well, you know we just came here for this, right? This wasn't the adventure. I would like to spend time with my grandfather now. <laughs> yeah. So I think some of that would uh, have had to be brought in. Maybe that's why they kept him. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah. 
it's not actually news, but it's just kind of an observation. It's I'm just disappointed to note uh, that everybody that that we know that's at uh, SDCC right now, as we're recording, has said that there has been absolutely no Doctor Who presence whatsoever. Is this the anti news? Hmm? Well, it's kind of kind of anti news. Kind of like yeah. That, yeah, that's. It, I wouldn't say that that's really surprising, given the the track record we've had with Chibnall. But I would suspect that we are going to see a presence next year. Oh, for sure. Oh, I can't imagine what they're gonna what they're gonna try to pull next year because that's that's gonna be like gearing right up. We may be in the midst of getting a little bit of some form of content already, so the hype is gonna be really rolling strong. Um, I did they they didn't. I'm I'm trying to think the way they did it because it was five years ago, almost five, five years ago to this month uh, that they announced Jody. But she didn't start making any public appearances for a while, right? She didn't like do the sure. the contours or anything like that yet. Not until she was like on air, right? Am I remembering that correctly? That's five years yeah. ago in no my idea. brain. That is more time <laughs> yeah. than I remember. Because it was like three years ago that she did that whole thing where they had the gag about her trying to get to the con and. And uh, and she like leaves the set. She dematerializes and then pops out of the TARDIS. And a little girl tells her how to get to Hall H. And that was like that was like three years. I think that was her first time there. So as as I'm piecing it back together in my head, so we might not see Shooty next year. Except <laughs> that Davies has always been more of a publicity guy than Chibnall ever was. So <laughs> like even if all they're doing is like here's here's the sizzle trailer. You know, we've got like four yeah. seconds of footage. Like, we'll get that at Hall H. Possible, yeah. I mean, he could, uh, I don't know. Could he carry Hall H by himself? Would he be enough of a draw for people to come in and want to? It kind of depends on what happens over the next year. Yeah. Hmm. I'd say probably not next year, but potentially moving forward. Yeah, that's true. Well, given what else we actually do have on the on the real news news docket. Yeah. Um. Let's just uh, note here, Julie called it. That's right. Mm-hmm. So she, she, I would pat her on the head, but that would probably hurt her right now. Uh-huh. Uh, but uh, we will be getting a sort of a Doctor Who Confidential-esque. Uh, I, I don't want to... So, some news outlets have been calling it a miniseries. I don't call... I would call it like a like a, a, a tag-along series or something like that, because it's actually going to be running in tandem with the airing of the, of the 14th series over the course of... Um, 2023 into 2024. So it's uh, Doctor Who Unleashed. So it's all this behind the scenes interviews uh, behind the camera with cast and crew. So cool to see that. And I think it kicks off with Tennant and Tate on set. Neat. I wish that I had put a quarter down on that because then I'd have a quarter. Yeah. Your very first quarter. That'd be great. My first? That's not so true. So between the quarter you put down <laughs> and the quarter you won, you could buy yourself a soda pop. I could Ooh. buy a soda pop. Actually... The Sody Pops were on sale for 50 cents a bottle today, so yes, I could have. <laughs> Plus tax. Oh, dang that tax. Oh, you're going to have to win another bet then. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, place your bets on this one then. So the the uh, current thought is that potentially Disney might get in the pocket of BBC to carry Series 14 on Disney Plus as it starts to air. As they air, like it airs and then same day, next day, it's streaming on Disney Plus? I believe that's I, there's, we don't have any specifics on this because this was just as as Bloomberg reported it and everybody else is sort of echoing them at the moment. So 
they just and no one has come out to say no this flatly is not going to happen disney has no interest in doing this because they actually i think it would very much serve in their interests to diversify their portfolio a bit um and it would work really really well for uh for the show obviously uh to be able to increase uh more more immediate access if not same day then next day access to the to the episodes as they air do you think the back catalog would move there as well I think HBO's contract on that one stands pretty strong. The, their streaming rights are so weird. Yes. That was my same question. And I think that's well, a good point. I mean, look, at, I, look at the last series we got. So the back catalog's on HBO Max. It broadcasts on BBC America. And then the same day, next day streaming is on AMC+. Or you can like buy the individual episodes through like iTunes and Google Play. Like... What are there? There's like, because I have like a lot of services and I couldn't do like same day stream last year because of how That's, it was spread. That is the inherent problem. If not the largest problem, it is it is in the top three uh, for for why the show has been struggling uh, right now and, and accessibility to, to audience uh, and, and new audience. Well, new audience and an audience that's just curious to say, well, I, the show's still going, so I'd like to be able to kind of keep tabs on it. Oh, I can't get to it? Eh, sorry, I'm not going to chase it down. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to pick up a whole other platform just yeah, for this. I am not getting AMC+. Plus. <laughs> and even people that we talk to often that we're trying to push them into it, and they're like, eh, it's too much work. But but we're your friends, and we're judging you very <laughs> harshly right now. We've got yeah. a great podcast for you to listen to after you watch the episode. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Please watch this stuff so that we can shove more of ourselves into your ear holes. In, in my mind, whatever makes it more accessible to any additional people, I'm on board with. As long as it means it makes it more accessible, not limiting in another way. And that's the thing: is is Disney Plus going to make it more accessible? Is yet another streaming service getting tossed into the mix going to make it more accessible? Well, f- at least for an American audience. Because of the fact that Disney Plus has become the the platform to be able to grab all Marvel streaming content and everything else, it is it is enough of an elephant in the room that I think it would serve Doctor Who very well for that distribution channel. I, I think I this agree. more people uh, have Disney Plus than AMC Plus. What? I would just like to see a, con- I, a wacky talk I'm having over here. I would just like to see a consolidation in platform between the back catalog and the new episodes. I think that's the part sure. that's not serving yeah. their audience well, or them as people trying to make money off of this property. Yeah, because, I, I mean, let's be honest, it, it has not gotten to the point where it was since it's been on Netflix. Like, Netflix was the last time where it was like, go here for Doctor Who and you're set. And it, ever since it left Netflix, it's been a mess. 100%. Well, that's uh, that. maybe this is something where you've got a. It has to be, I, and I have no idea how these contract negotiations work, and I have no idea how those decisions... You uh, mean you weren't in the room where it happened? I was not in the room where it happened. In fact, the people that we know that are in some of the, uh, in the, in the media biz will, will probably be the first to say that it's on a case-by-case basis. There's no precedent for it. It's a, it's a decision that's made with every property for every platform, you know, as deemed best for all the parties involved. So it's not like you can say, well, historically, because it doesn't matter. Historically, yeah. doesn't apply. But I, what I would love to see is, is something, even if it means for the next season or two. I hate, I hope it wouldn't be two, but at least for the next season, yes, maybe it's a little bit scattered. 
But again, that hype train gets up to bullet speed. And then when things are nearing whatever the contract point is with HBO, Disney flexes and says, we'd like to, you know, pull full catalog. And then maybe they can actually go get classic. And then Disney will launch too. a bunch of That'd exclusive be- Doctor Who spinoff shows. And we'll have like another little button at the top of Disney Plus that's Doctor Who. Mm-hmm. Yes. And then Bill Potts becomes a Disney princess. That's I'm on board. I'm that there is, for it. That's my it's end game now. Canon. Well, next time we come back, we're uh, we're going to be revisiting our tournament of time with the Masters. Yeah, I'd seen a couple of the quizzes go around. Oh, what master are you? Nah, and that's fun. It's enjoyable, but I want to genuinely pit them against each other now. <laughs> That's a, I, I, this, just just a bloodbath, just scorched earth. That's all. I'm here for it because I think I think well, depending on how our criteria as to as to how we include, you know, do we put the time master in? You know, do we do this that? You know, do we use the shrivel master? Do we put? Do, does Eric Roberts really rate and all these things? Um, just to make sure that I we've mean, got... put them all in the bracket. We'll see what happens. Yeah. What could possibly go wrong? You can't kill them if they don't exist. <laughs> well, this has been episode 474 of Gallifrey Public Radio. Until next time, this is Jay saying, you know, those outfits were really good, but you guys haven't seen my Ren Faire garb. I mean. And this is Kira saying, I'm just upset we did not get a single maypole dance in this whole thing. They could have had all the little gremlins running around weaving the ribbons. This is Julie saying, I think the maypole dance was the burning part, and I'm glad that we didn't see it. Oh. And this is Haley saying, who would have thought that someone named Malice would end up being the bad guy? (laughs) (laughs) Huzzah. We'll see you next time. I'm Ozzy. Cheers. Bye. Thanks for joining us for another episode of Gallifrey Public Radio. Want to keep the conversation going? You can find us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. Or just send us a good old-fashioned email to feedback at gallifreypublicradio.com. You can also give us a phone call at 754-225-5477. That's 754-CALL-GPR, and you may hear your voice on a future episode of the show. Everything's got to end sometime, otherwise nothing would ever get started. Join us next week for a brand new episode. Copyright 2022. See you next week.